What do you do when you're faced with a big dilemma? The next time it happens to you, you should try this trick a friend of mine showed me. Give it the rocking chair test. What you do is, you imagine yourself at 80 years old, sitting on your rocking chair and looking back on all your accomplishments, and you ask yourself, what are you going to wish you had done in this very moment? What decision will you wish you had made today? And there you have it. Your answer. Today we are reading from the book of mental health. You are listening to Make Art Not Content, brought to you by The Mystery School. The Mystery School? What's that? The Mystery School is an online program that helps creatives all over the world conquer the biggest obstacle they face, themselves. Enroll today at makeartnotcontent.com. This is like some journey shit. Congregation, please rise. There are certain things in life that you can't change. Certain situations that are so out of your control that no amount of positive thinking is going to make you feel better about it. The damage has been done and it can't be reversed. So the last thing you want to hear is someone tell you it's going to be okay. When you fucking know, it won't. So when you get to that awful place, is there anything that you can do to make things more bearable? I'd like to introduce you to the salt ritual. Wisdom number two. Imagine you're holding a glass of water Water. and you taste it and it tastes like someone put a tablespoon of salt in it, making it gross and undrinkable. Well, imagine that this glass of water is kind of like your life right now. Too salty, unlivable. And for whatever reason, let's say you just can't get rid of the salty water. You're stuck with that glass of water as your beverage for life. How would you make that glass of water less salty? You know, drinkable again. You would do what the Buddhist monks teach. You would add more water to it. More water? You would dilute the water to make it less salty. Okay. And when the glass is full, you would pour the water into a bowl and add even more water to it. Right. And when you taste it, you would see that the water is even less salty now, right? Right. The salt is still there, but it's diluted. You would then take this bowl of water when the bowl got too full and pour it into a bathtub (laughs) and add even more water, further diluting it. And then you take this bathtub of water and put it into a pool, further and further diluting the water so that you can no longer taste that tablespoon of salt. Maybe now you're tasting chlorine, but that's another story. This is making me want to pee. The idea is, when life gets unbearable, slowly start surrounding yourself with more of the things that you want. Anything that you can find that's joyful. Any trace of what you can find that's positive and do it daily. Pouring more of the things and the influences and the people that you want in your life every day. And you'll find that over time, the more you add into your life that you love and that you cherish, the more that they will dilute the bad things that used to dominate. All without worrying about having to get rid of any of those shitty things. They'll still be there, but they won't rule the situation anymore. Wisdom number three. There's three things that I've learned about ideas. The first one is, 
The moment you have an idea, someone else in the world is having that same idea at the same time. And no matter how much you want to keep it a secret, the law of ideas physics has already defied you. Now the race is on. Who's going to bring the idea to fruition first? That's why every person who sits on an idea eventually lives to see it take birth in the hands of someone else. The second thing that I've learned about ideas, if you could think it, it's absolutely doable. You may not have the solution yet, but every idea has its how to bring my ass to life recipe baked right into its DNA. If you haven't figured out how to make an idea work yet, it's only because of your limited perspective about the solution. In other words, you're asking the wrong questions. And trust me, like I said before, if you don't figure it out, someone else will. Like when everyone was trying to attach wings to their arms to make man fly, the Wright brothers attach wings to a bicycle, and the rest is history. And okay, the third thing I've learned about ideas is this. Ideas only come to life when you start testing them. The iterative process is everything. But the problem is, not everyone is built for the ego bruising of that kind of action taking, though. But if you can stay obsessed for long enough so that the seed can flower, you'll be giving yourself the gift of a lifetime. Wisdom number four. It's a brutal bite. Do you know about the drowning rats experiment oh that they did at Harvard God. in the 1950s? I hate this one. Okay, this doctor, Dr. Kurt Richter, he placed a bunch of rats in a pool of water to test how long they could tread water before they gave up and died. Ugh. And on average, they'd sink after 15 minutes of a gallant effort. That's just wrong. But with the last few, right after they had given up due to exhaustion and started to drown, the researchers decided to pluck them out dry them off and let them rest for a few minutes and then put them back in for a second round. <gasps> in this second try, how long do you think they lasted? Now remember, they had just swum until failure just a few short minutes ago, right? How long do you think they could keep it up this time? Another 15 minutes? 10 minutes? 5 minutes? Nope. 60 hours. 60 hours. The conclusion that was drawn from this experiment was that since the rats believed that they would eventually be rescued, they could push their bodies way past what they previously thought possible. So let me leave you with this thought. If hope can cause exhausted rats to swim for that long, what could a belief in yourself do for you? Wisdom number five. Isn't it funny how you could hate everything about what you're doing for three days straight and then boom, on the fourth day, you suddenly hit a moment of genius and grace where everything just falls into place. When that happens, people always try to reverse engineer what they did on that fourth day that caused the magic turnaround. They'll think things like, it's because I took a hot bath, or it's because I stopped worrying about the outcome, or it's because I asked myself, what would David Bowie do? And they're convinced they found their artistic roadblock insurance, and that if they're ever faced with a wall again, now they'll have a ready-made solution to immediately smash it. 
But what happens the next time? The trick they used doesn't work. And they're stuck again. Doubly anxious and completely despondent. But the solution was there all along. They were just looking in the wrong place. You see, the secret isn't in what you did on the fourth day. The secret is in that gestation period. What happened during the three days of hell that enabled the fourth day of grace to finally emerge? And it's only when you embrace that will you be able to use it to your benefit. The process may not look like it's doing anything, but it is. Be patient while the creative sauce is marinating. Joyfully accept the ups, the downs. Because what you keep thinking are bad days is really just the alchemy of creation doing its thing.